Good morning. I hope that you had a blessed Christmas, that everything that, uh, with family and food and gifts and so forth, the waiting for Christmas is now over. Uh, you may have been waiting for gifts. You may have been waiting for family. They have been waiting for just uh, the time to be together. Now, I hope that it was a blessed time for you. The question I would ask this morning is, now what are you waiting for? Some of you may be waiting for the new year to start, an end to 2020. Some of you may be waiting for already for Christmas 2021, and hopefully that uh, you'll be able to be with more family and uh, some of you may be waiting for uh, spring already. Some of you may be waiting for your tax return. But let me ask, ask a, a different question. Spiritually, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for as far as uh, what promises of God are you waiting for? For instance, some of you may be waiting for what he promises in James, the first chapter for wisdom, that if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask, and uh, it'll be given to you. Some of you may be waiting for his promise in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden or burdened, depending on your translation, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your souls. Are you waiting on that? Some of you may be waiting for his promise uh, in Philippians, the fourth chapter. Don't be anxious in anything, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts in Jesus. Are you waiting for that rest? Has it not come to you yet? The peace that passes all understanding. Think about what you're waiting for. Some of you may be waiting for heaven already, waiting for that mansion, those rooms that he promises in, in John the 15th chapter. So what is it spiritually that you're longing for, that you're anticipating and waiting for? Think about that for a minute and I want us to, to pray together and then look at a couple of stories in Luke the second chapter that may help us with this. So pray with me. Father, you've made promises to us and we know that you're a faithful God, that you will keep those promises. Help us learn, Father, from the stories today of how best to wait in your presence, how best to wait with faith, how best to wait for the things that you have for us in this life and for the life to come. Bless us as we look at your word Give us insight, give us understanding. Help us, Father, to know your will for us. It's in Jesus that I pray, amen. The first story I want us to look at is one that uh, I've never preached a sermon on that I'm aware of or that I remember. It's in Luke, the second chapter, and we want to begin reading in verse 22. When the time of pur their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. 
as it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what's said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before having seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said to him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Strange story in many ways. We're talking about two people that bring their child to the temple, not expecting anything spectacular, although they knew that there's something because of the promise, because of his birth, because of the angels coming to them, something going to, to happen with this child. But an old man, Simeon, righteous and devout, who the scripture says was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now that seems strange to us because we're not familiar with the consolation of Israel. But it has to do with the Messiah, the promise of the Christ, the, the Messiah, and probably goes back to, to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, which Simeon, would have known, where Isaiah says, Comfort, comfort for my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she's received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice, one calling in the desert, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hid, hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken." Apparently Simeon had treasured this, this thought, this restoration of Israel, the redemption of Israel, Luke calls it, the redemption of Jerusalem, the kingdom of God, the one that would come that would redeem Israel. You see, Israel for a number of years now had been in captivity. The temple had been occupied by not the true high priests, but those who could pay the political price could pay the government, Rome at that time, to be appointed as the uh, high priest in the temple. Worship was not as it should have been. Uh, this temple was built by Herod rather than 
one that the, the Jews had, had cherished. The temple worship did go on. There was were sacrifices, but there was corruption also. There was a, a feeling of the true Israelites, the true people of God, that there was coming a time when God would restore the true temple worship, would, true, tr would give, restore the high priesthood to those who deserved it, those from the, the house of Aaron, would uh, bring about political freedom for the people of Israel. There was so much wrapped up in this, this um, redemption, consolation of Israel that Simeon was waiting for. It was the promise that the Israelites were trusting God for that uh, Israel would be restored to its glory. Israel would once again have true worship. Israel would once again, Jerusalem would, would be the center of the spiritual welfare of the people of Israel. So much wrapped up in this that Simeon was waiting for. He had the promise from the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Christ. Can you imagine that? The thing that the people of Israel had, had been waiting for at least 400 years, the restoration because the Christ was coming, the Messiah, the one that would bring about all the, the promises of God. So he was being spirit-led. He was in the temple. And when he sees the baby Jesus, when he takes the baby Jesus in his arms, he says to God, you can dismiss me in peace now. My waiting is over. I have seen what you've blessed me with. But look at the, the blessing that he gives Mary, or the things that he says to Mary, which I wish I knew exactly how Joseph and Mary received this. But listen again what he says in the, in the last few verses. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That must have been a troubling, troubling prophecy that they had to wait for the rest of of Jesus' life. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. I'm sure Mary walked away from that, that time wondering what this meant, waiting for the fulfillment of this, a promise from God, someone led by the Holy Spirit, that her heart, heart would be pierced as with a sword. The second story is of Anna, and it follows this one in Luke 2, verse 36 and 38. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She had been long, waiting a long time. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to, who, to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna recognized that her waiting, her time of, of service to God was about to end because she had now seen the one that was going to re, re, 
redeem Israel, redeem Jerusalem. We don't know much about her. We don't know other than the fact that she had, she was old at this time, probably that age at this particular junction in history was someone that was considered extremely old. But notice something about her waiting. It was not a passive waiting. She was constantly worshiping and praying and fasting and hoping God would bring about the promise that he had made for the redemption of Israel. She thanks God, thanks God for her being able to see the coming redemption of Israel. Now, what has this got to do with us? But I want to suggest several things this morning. How well are you waiting for the promises of God? Think about it just a minute. What promises from God are you waiting for? How long have you been waiting? For some, it probably is a long time. For some, it may be something brand new. My daily prayer in the last few months, maybe years, has always started with the prayer that the Israelites prayed each day as they approached God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And that's always followed by what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I have really focused on that phrase in the last few months or maybe years. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in the leadership of this church. Your will be done in this pandemic we're in. Your will be done in the church in Bentonville, your church, your will be done in the minister search for as we try to replace Josh, your will be done in this nation. We're in uh, difficult times, troubled times, some of us personally, some of us in the life of this church in a very difficult, a different time than any of us have ever experienced before. And my prayer every day to God is, God, your will be done. But you know, that requires a lot of waiting. I don't have any idea what it's going to look like in any of those things. I don't have any idea what it'll look like in my personal life now that Carolyn is gone. I don't have any idea what it's going to look like for his church after this pandemic is over, for the leadership of this church. For this nation, we're all a little bit apprehensive about what it'll look like in this nation in the next year or so. We don't know, look, what, know what it's going to look like in the midst of this COVID-19. We're hopeful. We're hopeful that the vaccine will help. We're hopeful for a lot of things. But in the meantime, we've got to, we've got to do a lot of waiting. How are you doing with the, the waiting on the promises of God? He promises wisdom to each of us that prays with faith. How are you doing with that? 
How are you doing with this promise that uh, I'll be with you to the end of the age? In Matthew 28, he tells his disciples that as they go about uh, preaching, as they go about teaching, as they go about living, taking the gospel to all nations, to our neighbors, that I'm with you. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with this, his promise in Philippians 4 that I'll give you the peace that passes all understanding? Do you have that peace yet? Are you getting closer to that? What about his promise in Romans 18 that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? I want to suggest to us this morning and hopefully help you and help myself that there's a lot of waiting on the promises of God. It's always been that way. The people of Israel waited. Abraham waited 25 years. We are in a, in a process of constantly waiting on God's will to be fulfilled in our lives. I want to suggest to you there's several things that go into that. There's a lot of faith. There's a lot of trust in God, that He's a God that's going to always fulfill His promise. But this hope that comes from trust is not a static, uh, inactive hope. Look with me at, at Romans, the fifth chapter. Because in Romans, the fifth chapter, Paul talks about hope. He talks about the process of hope. In the first few verses, the first five verses, you may be familiar with, since we therefore have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We've been talking about hope and the book of Luke is about hope and we need hope in our world. But hope doesn't come passively. Sometimes it comes through suffering. Sometimes it comes through the development of perseverance or patience. Uh, Stick-to-itiveness is the way we would say it. Sometimes it comes through the building of character. And character is not built passively. It's built in the midst of, of trials and difficult times. But the end result of that is a hope, he says, that will never disappoint us. A hope in God that... Uh, will sustain us. But it comes through not passivity, but through service and through worship and through prayer and through living the right kind of life in a difficult time and by leading of the Spirit. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. We're hopeful that, uh, that soon, in God's will, that we can be back together as a congregation. But in the meantime, what are we doing about that? Are you just sitting passively and waiting for that to take place? Or are you picking up the phone and calling your brothers and sisters in Christ and encouraging them and giving them 
hope and giving them strength, giving them your support as we go through this together. That's what hope really does, and that's what faith really does, and that's what we need to be doing as we wait for the things that God has for us to do and to be. I don't know what he's going to, what it's going to look like on the other side of this, but I have all the, all the trust and all the faith that God knows best and that it'll be better than it was before this. We'll be stronger. We'll be more ready to do his will. We will be more ready to embrace each other and to strengthen each other and to encourage each other because we've been through this. The reason I, the reason I have that hope and the reason I live in that hope as we wait is because of some promises he made, makes to the Ephesians. And I want to kind of finish up what I'm saying today with, with a couple of things that Paul says to the Ephesians. In the first chapter, he talks about his prayer and his prayer that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we may know the hope to which he's called us. He also talks about the riches of the glorious inheritance of saints. But he also wants us to understand his incomparable great power in us who believe. And he goes on to say in the, the last part of the first chapter of Ephesians that power, that power is that's in us, in us that believe, is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about that just for a minute. The same power resides in us as his people that is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Goes on to say in another prayer in the third chapter, beginning with verse 15 or 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. So that may Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's in work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. As we wait for the promises of God, never forget that there's a power within us collectively and individually because of the spirit that lives in us to do more than we can even ask or think. So what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for the other side. I'm waiting for the other side of the pandemic. I'm waiting for next year, and I'm waiting for the year after that to see what God does through you, through me, through his power in a church that's more than we can even ask or imagine. But don't wait passively. Don't just sit back and do nothing. Pray. Pray for his power in us. Pray for us to have the faith and the strength and the trust in God to bring about His will. Not my will, not your will, 
but his will for his church in 2021, in 2022, however long he lets this earth live, whether there's a pandemic or not. God is at work in us, so let's wait, but not wait passively, but wait with tremendous prayer and faith and trust that God is going to bring us through this and on the other side for his church and for us individually, there'll be things to his glory that we can never even ask or imagine if we do it in faith. My prayer for you today is that you wait not only patiently, but wait with a great deal of trust, a great deal of power to bring about the will of God. Maybe you need someone to help you with that. Maybe you don't have that faith. Maybe you don't have that trust. Maybe you can't seem to to find that in the midst of a difficult time. Call someone. Call one of the shepherds. Call me. Call one of the ministers. Let them help you with your faith. Let let us help you with your prayers. Let us help you with the trust that it takes for us to get through a difficult time. I want to leave you with a a blessing that the Apostle Paul gave to the Thessalonians. And this is my blessing for you today. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God bless you. Call if you need. We love you.